0: This is The Faithful Expositor, a podcast from the preaching and teaching ministry of Pastor Jonathan Sims of Shepperville Mills Baptist
1: Church. Welcome to another edition of The Faithful Expositor. I'm Joe Carpenter, your host, and again, I'm here in the studio with Brother John O. Sims. How are you, brother? I'm doing well, Brother Joe. Are you doing okay? Wonderful. Good to see you. Good to see you too, brother. Well, today we are going to talk about something I think that is very important, especially for a lot of our brothers who are serving alongside of us in the Anchored in Truth uh, network, and that is church membership. Uh, The process, the biblical foundations for it, and the importance of it, the significance of it. And I guess I just want to kind of start off with a question that I've been asked before, and that is, is church
0: membership biblical? Absolutely. Absolutely, it's biblical. You know, in Acts chapter 2, when... Peter preaches the word, it says, they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day the Lord added unto them, what, 3,000 souls. And then just a little bit later in the text, it says, and the Lord added to the church Mm. daily, Mm -hmm. such as should be saved. By the time Paul comes in, you have Paul writing letters to churches, and he mentions pastors by name. He mentions members of the church by name that are there affiliated and associated with that church. Um, Paul writes to the church at Corinth Mm -hmm. and is aware of a man that is there in that congregation that's living a sinful lifestyle. And Paul calls upon the church to bring discipline into his life. These were people that met in a locale. Mm -hmm. They had a pastor. They knew each other. Mm They assemble together regularly. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Okay, yeah. how could we know who is assembling together yeah. if somebody's not keeping up with who it is that's attending the church and who are members, if you will? I don't know what word you want to use, but mm-hmm. the word member is just a word that we've used, you know, down through the years to describe someone who has been converted. Mm-hmm and someone who has been baptized Amen. which is a local church ordinance yeah. and thereby united uh with that local body mm-hmm. through believers baptism mm-hmm. so it's thoroughly biblical and we see it from acts all the way through Paul's epistles. Even to Revelation and to what you
1: just finished up with the seven churches in Asia. There's clearly something that identifies these men and women as being
0: associated with this church. Yes, and Jesus points out what some of them are doing that's Mm. wicked (laughs) and what some of them are doing that is righteous. And he identifies those people with that local body. And it's obvious that that local body has authority in their lives. How many mm-hmm. times did Paul say in First and Second Timothy mm-hmm. to Timothy, the pastor of the church, to not tolerate this and don't allow this teacher to teach and you know call this person into account? Mm-hmm. Um, the church has authority in their lives to reprove and rebuke and exhort them and to bring them into account, and if necessary even to practice excommunication and removing them. How do you remove them from something yeah. they're not attached to or not a member to? Yeah. You know, on a broad scope, you
1: could say that a good understanding of church membership is really equal to a good understanding of the local church as opposed to this idea of the nebulous sort of universal church. that
0: Exactly, yeah. for accountability. Mm-hmm. For, for accountability for their practice, for mm. accountability for their doctrine, mm. for accountability to the Lord's table, mm. to the Lord's supper, yeah. for accountability to maturing and growing as a disciple of Jesus Christ mm. uh, in their stewardship and mm-hmm. giving and faithfulness and in their attendance – like we said, not to forsake the assembling of themselves together. Mm -hmm. So I believe with all my heart that church membership is thoroughly biblical. Amen. And
1: the church then, therefore, it is biblical, has a responsibility both on the front end when somebody's coming in, and again, we're falling, we're going to miss some things, but to the best of our ability, and I don't know if this is the correct term, but to, to vet to determine whether or not this profession of faith that they're making is biblical, if it's as their fruit to it, but also the the church has some authority for some on the way out when yep. it comes to church discipline. Yes, and so we're looking on the one hand both sides of that that coin, but specifically focusing on church membership and. I guess churches throughout the ages have had their own different processes for. Well, this is how we're going to accept people into this church in this particular location. What are some of the biblical? What were some of the processes that we go through
0: here at Shelbyville Mills? I want to just say that we miss it. Yeah, <laughs> we're fallen. We're errant. Yeah, we're short-sighted, mm. and even. Employing the biblical text that we employ and being as careful as we try to be, yeah. we still miss it. Mm-hmm. We still have people that come, say they want to unite with us, say that they've been saved, mm-hmm. check all the boxes, if you will. And I hate boxes, but yeah. they mm-hmm. jump through the, the, the hoops, you know. Even though we don't set up hoops, but they're they're, for lack of a better word, they're they're doing whatever they have to do to unite yeah. with us, and. We do the very best job that we can to examine them with limited ability to yeah. see uh, we, we employ the scriptures that help us to discern as best we can the state of their soul and we try we take that very serious and mm-hmm. we try to be very very careful but there are times when it's proven later on down the road that in fact this person wasn't converted they, yeah. you know they, they weren't a true disciple of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. but that doesn't negate, us trying to do the very best job we can up front to mm-hmm. explain to people mm-hmm. that to be a member of the church, you have to be born again. Yeah, You have to be a true born-again child of God. You have to be scripturally baptized. Mm-hmm. And then once you unite with the church, there is a standard of living. Yeah, And there is a, a, a way mm-hmm. of following Christ. We call it disciples. Mm-hmm that ought to be very, very, very clearly manifested in your life. It doesn't mean that there's not room for grace because sure. there is. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that we're not very giving because we are. Mm-hmm. But uh, the truth is that we've been called to be followers of Jesus Christ, and if we are, that manifests itself in a certain life, and a certain way of living mm-hmm. that ought to be radically different yeah. from mm-hmm. what we were before jesus saved us that's right that's right and so some of the things i know that we do up front
1: is we have a a membership information class yes and uh uh, this is something we usually offer once a month Uh, but in that class i tell people all the time when they come to the class it's almost like drinking from a fire hydrant to a degree because they're getting a lot of information about who we are what we believe what is expected of them and and uh, we get to hear about them and from them. And, and then later on, we'll have interviews with them and talk with them and find out about where they are with the Lord. Uh, I'm curious, what, what led you to start
0: doing a membership information class in the first place? The complete and total colossal failure of the Southern Baptist Convention to let anybody Mm. and everybody Mm. that wants to join a church, join it with no questions asked, with relatively no questions asked. A person whom we've never seen ever Mm. one time Mm. in an average Southern Baptist church can get up out of his seat and, quote, walk down the aisle Mm. in any given Sunday, shake hands with the pastor, introduce himself, and say, I'd like to join this church. And most of the time, that pastor will turn and face that congregation and say, this is Mr. Smith here, and he's said that he wants to join our church. If you'd receive him today, would you all clap your hands? And mm. everybody will clap the hands, Mister Smith, and I'll member of that church. Mm-hmm. And I just think for decades, brother, we have reaped the fruit of that, an unregenerate church membership. Mm -hmm. And that that goes back to what we talked about last week with people getting in positions of leadership in the church, and Mm -hmm. they're stingy-spirited and Mm -hmm. control the purse strings of the church and all the other strings, too, and it just shuts the church down completely. I think the majority of battles Mm -hmm. the average pastor faces on his journey – to see a church reformed to biblical health the war is waged with people mm-hmm. that were brought into the church in a spurious way mm-hmm. not without examining their conversion without examining their baptism without yeah. sitting down with them and making sure that they understood what the demands of the cross are yeah. and what being a disciple of Jesus Christ is mm-hmm. and so a, and you know just All of the decisional regeneration tactics that Southern Baptists use Mm -hmm. to get people to, quote, make a decision and to pray a sinner's prayer uh, is just a complete and colossal total failure. Seems like the latest one is spontaneous baptisms. Which is completely unscriptural, and I can't believe that any (laughs) conscious, caring Baptist would do such an awful practice. Yeah, it's completely horrible. Yeah, it's it's the most unbiblical thing I've seen in years. It is. Um, we we have to be more careful than that. Yeah, amen. And that's what the Holy Spirit used to show me and say to me. And I think you would agree. We're very loving with it. Mm-hmm. We're very gracious. We take all the time. And a person can have a shallow understanding and still be a disciple of Jesus Christ. That's right. But there's some basic things that ought to be there that we look for when we sit down and talk with somebody. Mm -hmm. And the main thing is this, brother, it's an act of compassion. Mm -hmm. I was a lost church member Mm -hmm. for 25 years. Mm -hmm. I didn't ever have anybody do what I'm saying right now. Mm -hmm. To me, I'm going to give an account to Jesus one day when a guy comes to my church and says he wants to join and I ask no questions and I just put him on the church roll as a lost church member I think I'm only going to be re- responsible before God for that That's right. Uh, and in some ways I've been a stumbling block hmm. to him knowing the true and living God yeah. because I've let him think that you can be in good standing with God mm-hmm. and you know he doesn't e- he doesn't even testify to a clear born again conversion experience yeah. hasn't even been scripturally baptized mm. That's just wrong. It is. And so the Lord used that and what I saw in my years of pastoring of how unscriptural our churches are and unhealthy they are and what horrible mindsets they have to begin to look at why is this? Mm -hmm. And I think by and large it's because we've allowed lost people to flood into our churches and Satan controls a number of our churches through unconverted church members. That's right.
1: One of the blessings that I've seen in teaching the membership information class is, on the one hand, I've seen true regenerate sheep who've come here, and they're hungry for the Word, and that's usually the number one reason why, by the way, somebody comes to Shelbyville Mills Baptist Church, and when they come through that class, they just say, thank you. Amen. Thank you so much for this. It it sets our heart at ease, Uh, but on the other hand of it, on, on the other side of it, I've seen that uh, many wolves in sheep clothing were stopped spared, at the door. Spared, yeah. yeah. And the church, like you said, was spared because yes. of that. We didn't allow that one in. And yep. um, It's also been a good time for – I've seen people wrestling with some pretty heavy doctrine in yep. there.
0: Yep. Um, Amos said, how can two walk together unless they're agreed? Hmm. And better to find out – a divisive person up front Mm -hmm. than to let them into the fold. Yeah. And I make no apologies for that, brother. Mm -hmm. I see myself as a gatekeeper, and I'm to protect this flock. I'm to shepherd this flock. And one of the chief things a shepherd does is he keeps the wolves from devouring the sheep, and this is one of the ways we do it. That's right. On another note, how many people, brother, sweet, kind, loving people with a clear motive and a clear intention, looking for a church home, wanting to be a part of a church, have come to us, went through a membership class, and came to us and said, I don't think I've ever been converted. I don't think I've ever been born again. And ended up being saved. We've seen that time and Mm. time again. Mm -hmm. And like you said, on the other side, we've had some treacherous wolves that would have wreaked great havoc in our church had we not done this class i I can think of several examples to pop into my mind but you know for years before i had you and uh ryan i taught the membership class Mm -hmm. uh, and then brother david would come in while i was preaching and teach the other half of it so Mm -hmm. i would teach the first half and he would teach the second half we had this lady and her entire family that was a very very large family that had five or six seven kids and Mm -hmm. you know they so when somebody like that shows up in your church, it's hard for them to be anonymous, you know. And we were we were very glad that they were here, and they came for a pretty good while. And like you said, we teach the membership information class the second Sunday of every month. And they uh, came to the class, and, you know, they weren't in my office very long till I saw we had a problem because the husband never said a word. Mm. He sat there all quiet and sheepish and never said a word, and she just was like— Never stop talking. Yeah. So you know I can be gracious with that, but you sure. see right up front there's a problem there's with headship here, yeah. and mm-hmm. and uh, so she just proceeded to unload on me with all of the things that she saw in the membership class that she did not agree with and never would agree with. And I remember one of them was the doctrine of eternal security, mm. um, which grows out of election. Amen. That once a person is re- truly regenerated by the power of the Holy Spirit, they can't ever you know, fall away and be lost. That's right. And she said to me, I don't believe that, and I will never believe it. Well, if she had said, I'm struggling with that. Sure. If she had said, I'm not sure I believe that yet. Yeah. If she would have said, will you help me with that? Yeah. Or, I'm really struggling here, but, you know, I want to learn. Hmm. Well, you know, brother, we would have been, Mm -hmm. but her attitude and her spirit, and I was already seeing glimmers and manifestations of that in other areas where just just had been a little bit gossipy, a little bit murmury, a little bit chattery in the halls mm-hmm. of the church. And she was already beginning to sow discord. And when she said that, it just hit me wrong. And she said, I, I, I do not believe that, and I'll never believe that. And I looked at her that day, and I said, and you'll never be a member of this church. That's right. And I do not apologize for it. Mm-hmm. And I would say it a thousand times over. Mm-hmm. I spared this church great grief by discharging my responsibility before God. Yeah. Now, like I said, had her attitude been a little bit different. And one of the chief things we look for, brother, the chief characteristic of a disciple of Jesus Christ is that they're teachable. Yeah. And I say to people all the time, we're not joining you. Mm-hmm. You're joining us. Mm-hmm. We're already an established body with a long, tenured track record. It's not that we're perfect, but we we don't want you to come and reform us to your way. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, have an, we have pastors, we have elders, we have deacons, we have small group leaders. We have a long, tenured history of who we are and what we believe. It's not that we can't be corrected, mm-hmm. but the attitude and the spirit that one should possess in uniting with us should be humble and teachable. Mm-hmm. And if it's not, that's a major red flag. It is. We, we had another man that was coming, and we were teaching the section on baptism, mm. and Brother David was teaching it that day, and he just simply said, we do not believe that baptism saves you. Mm-hmm. We believe you're regenerated by the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe you're cleansed from your sins by the blood of Christ, and that baptism mm-hmm. is then a public demonstration, a public confession of your faith in Jesus Christ. This guy slammed his fist down on the table and said, you're a heretic. You're a heretic. Mm. And he he was ob- obviously a Church of Christ right. and believed in baptismal regeneration. I don't know why he was visiting here, but he basically stood up in front of the – there was like 15 or 20 people in that membership class and said, this guy's teaching false doctrine. You have to be baptized to be saved, and he got his Bible and stormed out. Mm. And David came and got me after the service and I went into that membership class and I said, I'm glad you guys got to see that today. And they looked at me like, What? you know. (laughs) And I said, No, I'm very thankful that you got to see that today because it lets you see right up front who we are. That's right. We are not the church that just takes anybody and everybody with their own, you know, agendas and plans. Yeah. We totally disagree with that man's view on water baptism, mm-hmm. and we would never accept that into our church. So it's better for him to storm out now mm-hmm. than for us to have to discipline him later on. And, you know, I think every one of those people ended up uniting with our church Amen. because that's what they were looking for. Mm-hmm. And and I'm glad – I'm not, I'm sorry they had to go through that trauma, mm-hmm. but I'm glad that it was – afforded us the opportunity to let them see right up front that we take church membership very very seriously Mm -hmm. it ought to mean something Mm -hmm. to be a membership member of the church and by the way we have a doctrinal statement Mm -hmm. that we cover with people that we believe are the essentials of who we are and what we believe and you need to be able to affirm those Mm -hmm. i mean why would you want to join us if you can't affirm what we believe and teach that makes no sense to me at all and again if a person's growing, mm-hmm. and they're teachable, and they don't get it all, that's okay, right. as long as they're willing to learn. Yeah. I don't care if it takes them five or ten years. Mm-hmm. If they're not divisive, mm-hmm. you know, if they've got a humble spirit, that's all right. But uh, not to just come in and throw the gauntlet down and say, I'll never believe that. I'll never go with that. We have to respectfully say, well, that's, we're not the church for you then. Yeah. And the sad truth of it is, they'll find many that would, that will. Yeah.
1: That'll take them just as as they are. That'll tell
0: them anything they want to say to them to get them to join their church. They'll conform the church to meet to them sort of a thing. Because it's all about numbers in far
1: too many churches. That's right. Got to get another number. Well, apart from the membership information class, which, by the way, that's extensive. We could spend a day just talking about that. But another thing that we we do here is we try to integrate somebody into small groups as, as soon as we can. Yes.
0: And talk about some of the wisdom a little bit behind that. Well, we believe small groups are thoroughly biblical. Mm -hmm. You know, we trace that back again to the book of Acts, where they were assembling together at Solomon's porch, and then from house to house, they ate their bread with singleness and gladness of hearts, and, you know, they were meeting together, what, thousands of people there at Solomon's portico, and then they were having the house-to-house meetings Mm -hmm. where they were, you know, more personal and intimate and knew each other, and we kind of follow that pattern. Yeah. And the small group is where um, relationships form. Absolutely, it's where bonds form. It's you know it's hard to bond with four hundred people you know <laughs> on Sunday morning, but you can bond with fifteen. Yeah. Uh, and when you go to that small group, you get to know people intimately. You get get to know them personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a small group leader that's assigned to you, that's over you, and it's his or her job. You know, we have men with men. Yeah. We have women with women mm. because that's first Titus Timothy. Two. Yeah. Titus two, first yeah. Timothy chapter two, twelve. Mm. Um, and a man can't effectively make a disciple of a woman because that's a man right. a man shouldn't be spending unaccountable time alone with the opposite sex without his wife present. That's right. And vice versa. And so we have gender graded classes, mm. men with men, women with women and uh through the years, it's been a great tool to teach and make disciples and also to uh, hold each other accountable. Yeah, That's just a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. And what we have found through the years is this. If a person coming into our church connects with us at a small group level, we don't lose hardly any of those people. Yeah. But if they just come and connect only with us at a big worship service – those are the people that don't seem to make it very long because they're just kind of like not wanting to be known or know people very deeply and intimately yep. so small groups has been huge for us to carry out our mandate to make and equip disciples of jesus christ amen you brought up the word accountability and that's such a good term you know
1: it automatically starts me to thinking about church discipline like yes. we had, I had kind of mentioned earlier but uh one of the things that we do right away in that church membership class is we uh, we talk about church discipline. I mean that's, that's a major section of our of our membership class, and then we have people sign a church covenant. Yes, and in that covenant, they're signing up front, knowing that. And forgive me, I can't quote it verbatim, but something to the effect of that we're going to hold you accountable to your profession of faith. Yes, and with the understanding that. Uh, uh, for lack of a better term, if you walk away from the faith or something to that effect that uh, you can expect to be disciplined
0: from the church. It specifically says that I understand that my church purpose is to practice uh, redemptive discipline Mm -hmm. upon me if I live a scandalous lifestyle, a lifestyle that's inconsistent with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we have them sign that, and we maintain a membership file on every member of our church. Everybody has one. Mm. And uh, that statement is in there. Mm. Um, This is not the only reason we did it, but we were told early on that, Mm. you know, one of the things that uh, lawsuits look for is inconsistencies, and Mm. when you're singling someone out and treating them differently than you treated someone else. Mm. They have told us that if you have a long-standing history, a prescribed order, a written policy on how you do these things, and it's clear through history that you've been consistent across the board, you're you're protected pretty well, mm-hmm. and th- you know we want to be that way because that's the Christian way to be, mm-hmm. and so we want them to understand right up front, and you know we're my proof here is we're not telling anybody in everybody anything and everything just to hopefully sway them to get we're not trying to sway anybody to join our church right we tell you right up front who we are understanding that that will probably scare some people away yeah and I hate that I, that's not you know the only reason we do it I mean <laughs> I, you know but at the same time you have to be a born-again child of God to be a member of the church mm-hmm There's no no notion at all of somebody not being saved, Mm -hmm. being a member of the Lord's church. And as saved, it means a disciple, Mm -hmm. a desire to follow and obey Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. and obey his teachings. Mm -hmm. That basic commitment level should be there. And we just want people to know right up front that we will love you, we will be patient, we will do everything Matthew 18 and 1 Corinthians 5 teaches us to do, Mm -hmm. but should you Dig your heels in and be unrepentant and continue in a lifestyle, a scandalous sin, and bringing reproach on the name of Jesus Christ. Make no mistake about it, you will be disciplined and removed from this congregation. And over 21 and a half years here, with the exception of one time, only one, and Mm. that was decades ago, Mm. Every church discipline vote in this congregation has been unanimous. Wow. We had one man vote against one case in my entire 21 and a half years. Hmm. Every other case has been unanimous because our church this is who we are. Yeah. It's who we are. Yeah. It's how we operate. And by the way, let me say this too. How can you discipline someone if they're not a member of your there church? You go. That's right. Okay, now we bring it back to what you started at. Yeah. If they're not a member of your church, you have no, no. precedent. at all or authority in their life to enact discipline on them that's right the only people you can discipline are members of your church Mm -hmm. and i i would say too that man if you want to get in trouble with a law real quick you just have somebody in the community say hey man they they libeled me and Mm. they they pointed out this about me and i'm not even a member of their church you're toast yeah i'm just going to be honest And I know that's not the only motive. Our motive has to be biblical. And I've said I believe church membership is thoroughly biblical. But how do you practice church discipline on someone who is not in a covenant relationship with your church? It makes no sense at all. Not at all,
1: yeah. And I can't imagine just from a pastoral standpoint to – I don't want to get too sidetracked – Trying to shepherd the flock of God which is among you, you don't know who they are. Yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. Who are they? Who are they?
1: Yeah. That's a, that's a good point, brother. Yeah. Uh, it's it's just the truth. Yeah. One of the things that uh, we do practice here is something that's called the sin of forsaken church. Yes. And we let people know that one up front as right. well, too. Explain a little bit about what that is.
0: I don't know that there's a more serious sin in all the Bible, brother, when you read it in context. Mm. And I don't have my Bible in front of me, but you know, in Hebrews 10, 24 and following, he says, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together, encouraging one another, and yeah. so much the more as you see the day approaching. And then he says this, for, which is a conjunction, yeah. if we sin willfully, mm-hmm. well, what's the willful sin? Yeah. Forsaking the church. Yeah. We trot underfoot the Son of God. Mm. Count the blood unholy mm. and insult the Holy Spirit of God. Goodness, brother, tell me another sin where that's what it says that sin does. Man. There is no greater sin, in my estimation, that's right. than the sin of forsaking church. So we treat it that way. Yeah, and you know, I when I say this, somebody's going to say, "Well, that's not really that deep of a, you know, uh, uh, level of, uh, you know, standard there." And I get that because we're trying to be loving. But here's what we do. If a person hasn't – if they have not been in any service or small group in six months – and I know that's a very gracious. That's a long time. But if they haven't been in any service or any small group in six months, we compile a list. And if they're on that list, we turn it over to their small group because it's very possible that they were there and we didn't know it. It's very possible that they were in a service and we didn't know it. And that list circulates for – weeks if not months. And um, Sunday School teacher, small group leader, they'll come back to us and say, hey, y'all missed it on he has been here. We take them off the list. Mm -hmm. But when that list is finished and however many people are on it and it's confirmed that they haven't been here for any service or small group in six months, then we send them a self-addressed stamped letter Mm -hmm. with a card in it that's already got a stamp on it. All they have to do is mark on that card, I intend to come back. And we don't remove them, mm-hmm. but if they don't care enough about their membership to return, for heaven's sakes, yeah. a self-addressed stamped card saying, "Please don't take me off the church roll," yeah. then we believe that we're obliged to Scripture to remove them. They're 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 showing us that they're not committed to Christ. That's right. That they're not committed to our church. And what we do, brother, we take them off the membership roll. Mm-hmm. And we put them on the evangelistic role. That's it. Because we believe they need to be saved. According to Scripture. And then the small group begins to reach out to them to say, hey, we want you to come back. We want you to come to small groups. But, brother, you have to be at church to be a member. That's right. Now, for heaven's sakes, I mean, that's just – the the Civitan and the Lions Club has higher standards than most churches. Mm. They at least require their members to show up for meetings and stuff. (laughs) But in the average Baptist church, brother – you know, you, you hear about it all the time. We've got, what, all these millions of members, yeah. but just a small fraction of those ever show up for church. Yeah. It's a mockery of the Lord. Yeah, it is. I once pastored a church
1: where when I got there uh, to the church, I was given the membership role, and it probably had about 250 people on it. And I would say about 45 to 50 would come on Sunday mornings. And the rest of them I was told, that's your mission
0: field. mm Can you imagine? (laughs) Well, it's why it goes back to what I said earlier, hence they're members. They're not spiritual. A lot of them are not converted, and that's why you have nasty church business meetings. That's why you starve the preacher to death. That's why the church is not generous. That's why they never get involved in direct world missions, because you've got carnal, natural people that don't think spiritually running the church. And multiply that over decades and decades and decades of Southern Baptist churches doing dec- decisional regeneration walk the aisle pray this prayer catch mm. my eye lift your hand if you meant that with all your heart mm. and we we've packed our rolls full of those types of folks that don't have an appetite for the things of God and rarely show up except for a nasty business meeting to vote the preacher <laughs> out yeah. and and you and you've got what you've got mm. you've got extremely dead churches that don't think scripturally and biblically. Yeah. So all of this fits together. It does. And it takes years to see the fruit of this, but you got to start somewhere. Yeah. And yeah. what I'd say to a guy is start by the way you take people into your church Front door. at least start there and then start working on the back door. Amen. You know, and yeah. uh, otherwise you're doomed to this cycle you're on mm-hmm. of just never being able to get any positive ground. You'll never be able to. That's right. You gotta start somewhere and I believe this is where you start.
1: That's a good starting point and that may be a good place for us to start to kinda end it as well. But that uh, for a pastor then too who's come into a church, maybe it's a church plant uh, that he's come into, or already an established church, or whatever the case may be, and he's given that membership role, and he's you know he sees okay, there's a, a disconnect here. What would you
0: say to him uh, coming into it new? Well, the one of the first things I did here, and I'm so thankful, was we started the membership information class. Yeah, I just decided I'm that's where I'm going. Going to take a stand, and mm-hmm. and so we, I was fortunate in that our bylaws here called for a membership process. Mm. Now they'd never had one, mm-hmm. but the bylaws called for it, so I just said, okay, well I'm going to obey the bylaws, yeah. you know. And <laughs> so we started uh, that membership class here, and it's pretty much intact the same today that it was back then. It's. There's a few changes, but it's pretty much what it was. Did you have current members come through that class? We did. Yeah, that's good, brother. What we did whenever we would have a new prospective member go through it, brother David Brown and I started cycling the members of the church through. We would invite, you know, five, six, seven, ten active members, and say, "Hey, come and go through this class," so that they're not alone when they go through man, it. And that's wonderful. And um, and and so I would say, probably, man, I'm going to say ninety seven percent plus of our church has been through the membership information class and has a signed covenant Mm. and the other thing i want to say because you brought this up Mm -hmm. however many people are on the church role at shelbyville mills baptist church that's how many come yeah there is no role and then attendance yes there's there is not that if you're on the church role you come to church Mm And so it, it, our, our church role, you know, is around around 400. Mm-hmm. That's that's about close to what we have. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're not coming, then we going to find out why. But we don't have this pie-in-the-sky membership role of, yeah, how many members do y'all have? Oh, we got 1,000 members. Well, how many come? A hundred. That's ridiculous. It's absurd. It is. Our membership role is who actively attends our church. And by the way, you tell them if I'm not telling the truth. 80-plus percent of those come to small groups. I'd say more. I'd or say more. Probably more like 90-plus. 90, 90 I mean, there's not much difference between our Sunday morning crowd and who's in small That's groups. That's exactly right. And that just has to do with, you know, focusing in on a regenerate church membership and every member ministry and mm. people being involved and plugged in and not just pew sitters. Amen. Amen. Or home sitters. <laughs>
1: That's good. There's no such thing as an inactive membership role, is there? No, sir. You can't do that. You can't. It's take a man-made that. thing. Amen. Amen. Well, brother, thank you. That's. Uh, I hope that that'll be a help to some of these pastors that are listening. Any final words of uh, encouragement to that brother who's uh, trying to lay the groundwork now? Precept upon
0: precept, line yeah. upon line, like we <laughs> talked about last week. You have to have a 20-year-plus vision. Mm. This is not a quick fix. <clears throat> if you start a membership class in your church today. You're not going to look look at it three to five years down the road and say, Woohoo, it fixed all of our problems. That's <laughs> just not what it is. Amen. But you're going to look at your church a decade from now and say, you know what, we're, we're beginning to make a little headway here. Yeah. Uh, we're beginning to think biblically. We're beginning to think scripturally. I'm not having to fight, mm-hmm. you know, ungodly mindsets over every little thing we're trying to do. And at year 20, it'll be better. And at year 30, it'll be better. And at year 40, just ask Brother Jeff, it'll mm-hmm. be a lot better. Yeah. And so it's a long-term process, mm-hmm. and seeing a church reform to biblical health mm-hmm. is your life. Yeah, It requires your life. Amen. Amen. Well, the
1: only other thing that I would add to that brother that may be listening, too, is that uh, anything that you may need to help you along the way, whether it be curriculum for a membership information class uh, – covenants, anything of that nature, give us a holler. We would be, nothing that we have is secret and uh, we love you. We want to be a blessing to you. And if you've got questions about any of the items that we brought up here uh, in today's discussion, please give me a holler. It's uh, Brojo at smbconline.com. And if you'll just shoot me an email, I'll make sure you get anything you need. We love you guys so much. Thank
0: you for listening to The Faithful Expositor. For more information on Brother O's ministry, go to our church website, smbconline.com, and follow him on Twitter at Jono Sims.